This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, how is everybody tonight? Amen. It's good to see everybody on a cold Sunday night. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we had a great uh, service this morning. And as you can see, we got some of this information over here from we had a little job fair for the different areas that there are to serve uh, within the church. And so maybe if, uh, you know, the Lord's been tugging at your heart to, to help out in a different area or God's given you a gift or a talent uh, that you haven't been using for him yet. Well, uh, you could go over there and look at the many different areas and and uh, and see, you know, how how you could be used by God to help out in your church. Amen. It's not my church. It's not my dad's church. It's our church. It's your church. It's God's house. It's God's church. Amen. Amen. Uh, so uh, we're going to get kind of start a new series tonight. Uh, and I'm excited about this because I've been I've been praying about this and 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 wanting to do something on this topic for years and years and years. But the title of this series is I am I am. And uh, that's a familiar phrase that if you've read much of the scriptures, uh, especially starting in the Old Testament. And we'll probably go into further detail on this in the coming weeks. But but God appeared to Moses and said, hey, you need to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. Do you guys remember this story? And Moses is like, OK, but if I go, who am I going to tell Pharaoh that sent me? Who, who am I going to say sent me? And God says, tell him I am sent you. He's like, what? What is I am? That's not even a full thought. That's not even that. But but when you break it down, that is the deepest thing that you've ever heard in your life, because God is saying, I am all powerful. I am your healer. I am your redeemer. I am your rescuer. I am everything that you need. And so the Israelite people in the Old Testament under under Moses and, and all those guys, they were very familiar with this phrase, I am. And then Jesus rolls up on the scene in the New Testament and in the book of John on seven different uh, occasions, he refers to himself as I am. And he uses a different phrase. I am the bread of life. That's one we're going to look at tonight. I am the vine. I am the light of the world. And he goes and, and tells you these seven different things of I am. And so there's a lot of significance to these seven things. And I, I realize that most people maybe never even realized this. But what I want to do is break down the seven different I am statements of Jesus, because I know that even as I'm studying this, I'm learning a lot. That there's things that I didn't realize uh, were fully encompassed in uh, what Jesus was trying to say to us here. But the bottom line is this, is that Jesus is everything you need. You don't need to look any further. If you've been wondering, well, what else is there? What, where, where can I find fulfillment? Where could I find peace? Listen, Jesus is that. But you have got to plug into him. He's been chasing you down for years, but it's time for you to submit to that. And it's time for you to follow him. Amen. And so I want to open up uh, to, to everything right here in John chapter six. We're going to open up this whole series here in John chapter six. And we're going to look at verses 30 through 35. And so the I am statement that we're discussing tonight is. Uh, where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Does anybody in here like bread? Man, those carbs are bad for you. No, I'm kidding. 
No, they're delicious. But but it's even better than that. John chapter six. And we're going to look at verses 30 through 35. And this is the very first place where Jesus tells the people, I am that I am what you need. I am. And and to us, that may fly right over our heads. But to a Hebrew that I mean, that that's like he just said, I am. He just he just said that phrase. This was a big deal. And so let's look at this story. John chapter six, starting at verse 30. It says they answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? And I feel I know a lot of people in this day and age that are saying, come on, God, show us a miraculous sign and then we'll believe. Come on, that would strengthen my faith if I could just see some sort of miraculous sign. And the, the truth is, is if God's word doesn't strengthen your faith, then seeing some miraculous signs not going to strengthen your faith. Come on. There's people that are demanding a sign from Jesus. That's a wrong attitude to have. Now, we will see signs. We will see miracles. We will see extraordinary things as we follow Jesus. But to roll up like these guys said, OK, you want me to believe? Show me a sign. Prove it. Show yourself. Come on. Show me what you can do. And let's look at the next few verses because they take it further. Verse 31. After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses did not give you bread from heaven. That wasn't Moses that gave the bread from heaven, was it? He said, my father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And these people, they were they're like, man, if we could just have this, if we could just have a sign, if we could just see a miracle, if, if we could just. And, and they were just thinking there was one more step. And Jesus said, stop it. Stop it right there. I am the bread of I'm what you've been looking for. If you would receive me, if you would actually trust me, you'd never be hungry again. Because do you know anybody in this world that they're just always looking for the next fix? They're always they're just always. I mean, come on. If I could just find this, if I could just I'm looking for peace, I'm looking for joy, I'm looking for a little help here. And if I could just have this and they're always searching for that one more thing to fill them up. If they could just have some bread, if they could just find and Jesus said, not knock it off. Stop it. Stop. I am the bread of life. If you come to me, you'll never be hungry again. The people that had manna from heaven, it wasn't for Moses. My father sent it, by the way, but they had to get a fresh supply every day. Listen, if you'll eat of the bread of life, you'll never be hungry again. You'll never be thirsty again. I mean, that, just wrap your mind around that. How powerful is that, that Jesus is saying the search is over. Quit looking for fulfillment everywhere. I will fill you up if you'll just come and partake of me and you'll just receive me. Is there anybody in here tonight that used to be searching, that used to be looking for for something to fill that void? But then you had the bread of life. Now, that doesn't mean every day is perfect for the rest of your life, but you have what you need to overcome any situation. And Jesus said the search is over. I am the bread of life. And so I want to pray and I want to break this down a little bit because there's a lot 
involved in what Jesus just said. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, uh, that, that, that we have your word in front of us right here. We're going to study it tonight. And I believe that you're going to speak to each person in this, in this uh, church tonight, Lord, each person listening on the Internet or, or wherever else they may be. But God, I pray in Jesus' name that you will absolutely get this revelation to us and we will let it change our lives forever. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said. All right, so let's break this down a little bit here. The first thing we're going to say tonight is this. Number one is that Jesus is essential to your survival in this world. Is any, I mean, am I the only one that, that's seen that? That Jesus is absolutely essential. I can't imagine, honestly, I can't even fathom what it would be like to go one day without Jesus. Now, I've, I've been blessed. I've been raised in a very strong Christian home, as obviously you know that. Uh, but so I, I, I've, you know, I've, I've been surrounded by this my whole life. And I know some of us, our testimonies are different. Maybe you came to the Lord later in life. Maybe you were raised that way, but you walked away and then you came back. Whatever the case is, but 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 I can't even imagine going one day without Jesus in my life. That would be the most empty and lost feeling that I've ever had. Now, I know some people and, and, and this may like this may shake your heart a little bit. Have you ever gone to work or, or, or left home and realized that you didn't have your phone with you? Now, for some people, that's enough to just shake their world right there. Oh, God. Oh. OK, I left it at home. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. OK, gee, what am I? Oh, eight hours without that thing. Oh, my gosh. Oh. And for some people, that's enough. To, that that is a scary feeling right there that I mean, you drove all the way to Victorville. You drove all the way to Fort Irwin and you don't have your precious lifeline to the rest of the world. You're going to have to pay attention. You're not going to be able to get on, on Instagram or what. I mean, this is a bad day that we're getting ready to have here. Now, listen to me. That's a scary feeling for most people. But but as much as that kind of shakes you a little bit and, and, and sends a chill down your spine for some of you, can you imagine going that whole work day without Jesus? Can you imagine going a full 24 hours without having Jesus in your life? He is essential He's more essential than your phone is. He's more essential than, 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 than food is. He's more essential than money. He's more essential than anything else. We cannot do this thing right without having Jesus in our life. And that is proven because we've all tried it and we've all made mistakes and we've all been to that place where, well, you know, I know it says this, but I think I've got a better way. And you fall flat on your face every single time because Jesus is the bread of life. He's the essential ingredient for you to have success. And so, you know, I think of it this way sometimes. Have you ever heard somebody say, hey, man, well, that right there, that's our bread and butter. That's that's how we make our living. You know, for some people, it's different things. Maybe you're really good at at something, you know, uh, uh uh, me and Henry are we're coaching a little fourth grade basketball team and our little team is really good at defense. OK, <laughs> and they steal the ball like 75 percent of the time and get these easy layups. And and people keep wondering, how's the Christian school beating all these public school teams? Well, defense is our bread and butter, man. We steal the ball from you and we hit easy layups nearly every time. And and and, and, and you know, and, and we keep shocking people. But what I'm saying is this. We're not, you know, they aren't the best shooting team in the, in the whole city. They aren't the best dribblers. But defense, that's these little kids' bread and butter. They have got that down. They're making a living off of that. You know what I mean? 
And some of us, we realize, you know, well, hey, you know, I'm, I'm good at working on cars. That's my bread and butter. I'm, I'm good. And, and, you, and you're seeing that as, as the, the essential thing in your life that's making you successful. But I'm telling you right now, Jesus is your bread and butter. You are not going to be successful. You're not going to do anything without having him be the absolute center of it all. And so I want to look here at a couple of things, um, because if Jesus is the bread of life, how do we stay full of the bread of life? How do we how do we stay full of that bread? Well, there's some obvious answers to some of us here, but I want to show you a few things. The number one way you're going to stay full of the bread of life, no doubt about it. Number one is you're going to have to read and hear his word, right? Reading and hearing the word of God. That is fundamental. That is absolutely essential to you staying full of the bread of life. Because according to John chapter one, verse one, it says Jesus is the word. If I'm reading the word of God all the time, if I'm spending time with my Bible, if I'm hearing the word, that's Jesus filling me up on the spot, man. That is me partaking of the bread of life. And so let's look at a few verses here. Psalm 119, verse 25. Let's slip over there. Psalm 119 and verse 25. Amen. Who's ready to get filled up with the bread of life? And bread is very filling. It can really fill you up, right? Psalm 119. And we're going to look at verse 25. Jesus is the bread of life. If we come to him, he said, you'll never have to be hungry again. You'll never thirst again. But here we have Psalm 119. I've talked about this a million times. We know that Psalm 119 is King David's. uh, It's the longest chapter of the Bible. And the entire thing is written about how much David loves the word of God. And so, I mean, I, I, I love Psalm 119. But verse 25, David says, I lie in the dust. Revive me by what? Your word. Do any of you need a little reviving tonight? Have you been in a dry season? Have you been going through some things? Well, here's the key right here. Revive me by your word. He didn't say revive me by sending a whole bunch of money my way. That would wake me up right there. I'll tell you what. Revive me by, you know, giving me this. Revive. He said revive me by your word. How is that? Because if you're starving, what do you need? You need some bread. You need some food. This is the bread of life. Maybe you're starving. Maybe you're having a hard time right now. That's because you need to be eating more. You need to be having the bread of life. And and David put it best right here. He says, revive me by your word. Look at verse 28. Same chapter. Verse 28. And David got this down. He says, I weep with sorrow. Some of us, hey, we weep with sorrow sometimes. But look at this. He says, encourage me. How? By your word. Again, why didn't he say, encourage me by sending a bunch of money. Encourage me by having somebody come and pat me on the back. And those are fine things. But David, every problem he had, he drew a line right back to God's word. I'm sad. I must need more word. I'm lonely. I must need more word. I'm, I'm angry. I must need more word. I'm, I'm having a hard time in this area. I need more of the word. Do you see that? And do you realize that David, the son of Jesse, is the only man in the entire Bible that God called a man after my own heart. 
said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Now, I believe there was other people that were after God's own heart, but this is the only one that God wrote that about. And, and, and why is that? Well, one big reason is David drew a line to God's word for every problem that he had. He said, revive me by your word. Encourage me by your word. Skip down to verse 93. Verse 93. Verse 93 of Psalm 119, he says, I will never forget your commandments. Well, your commandments is, is the word. I will never forget your commandments or your word, for by them you give me life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He said, if you come to me, you'll never be hungry again. You'll never be thirsty again. And David said right here, your word is what gives me life. You know, we all know this that that food, if you're going to be a if you're going to be a healthy person at all, you're going to have to eat sometimes, right? I mean, you know, within the guidelines, you don't eat too much, you don't eat too little, but uh, a healthy person eats the right way. Am I right on that? Come on. You know, you you're not going to get it. You're going to be super weak if you only eat one time a week, and we've used this example, but how many of you only eat on Sundays? You eat one day a week and it's on Sunday. Okay, I figure. But how many of us, the only time we eat spiritual food, the bread of, of heaven, is on Sundays? Do you see that? Can you imagine how weak a person would be if, oh, hey, it's already Saturday, tomorrow's Sunday, that means it's my eating day. I eat one day a week. I go in there and, and I eat a taco and I'm good to go for the rest of the week. I don't eat for the next six days. You know, that, that's just how it is. Sunday's eating day. That would be a really weak and foolish person. They, they would have no strength at all. But how can you as a Christian have any strength if you only eat spiritually one day a week? You need to have a healthy diet. You need to be eating seven days a week, just like you do for your physical body. And, you know, we, we, we tend to take really good care of our bodies, but that's only a third of who we are, your spirit, soul and body. How come we take good care of our, but we'll even get gym memberships. We'll work out. We'll watch what we eat. We'll follow the latest diet. We'll, we'll watch what we drink. We'll, we'll spend great money on it. But how come it is we treat our spirit so bad and that, and that's that we're just as much spirit as we are body that, I mean, that's a third of who we are. How come we take better care of this? And this is the then this is the only part of us that's temporary anyway. This part of me is going to live 85, 90, maybe 100 years. But my spirit's going to live for the next billion years. Why would I only care about taking care of this part of me? That makes no that's mind blowing. Why would I spend so much time and money and attention on my body? And not spend that much on my spirit that's going to be here forever and ever and ever. My spirit's never going to die. That's something to think about. And so, if you're going to feed your body seven days a week, I recommend that you start feeding your spirit a healthy meal seven days a week. And how do you do that? By reading and hearing the Word of God. Well, how's another way that we partake of the bread of heaven? Well, here we go. Number two, by being in His house. By being in his house. And we've been, obviously, that's been the Sunday morning topic lately, but it's the absolute truth. You're in God's house right now, and you're hearing God's word being preached, 
And if you're actually listening, it's filling you up, right? Am I, come on. If you're listening to the Word of God being preached right now, you are getting filled up. Your faith is getting built because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Romans 10, 17. And so here you are. You're in God's house. You're getting fed the bread of life right now because we're preaching the Word of God. Now, if we were preaching something else, then I don't know what would be happening, but you wouldn't be getting filled up from heaven. But right now, we're talking about the Word of God and you are getting stronger whether you even realize it or not. And so I want to look here at the, the church theme verse of the year. And hopefully some of you are memorizing this by now. But let's look at Hebrews 10 and verse 25. Hebrews 10, 25. And this is a good verse. Hebrews 10, 25. And, um, and we're actually learning this in the Living Bible. That's not the same as the New Living Translation. We're looking at this in the Living Bible. It's a different translation. But I think this really puts this in a remarkable way. And, and it is important for you to be in the house of God. And is it just, is it for the church's benefit? Is it, I mean, it's for your benefit. It builds you up. It's, it's for you. But Hebrews 10.25, it says, Let us not neglect our church meetings as some people do. That's not a good spot to be in. But encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back again is drawing near. I mean, that that words it so beautifully right there. Don't neglect our church meetings, our church services, our worship times as some people do. But encourage and warn each other. And I want you to focus on that right now to encourage and warn each other. And that's a powerful, powerful part of being involved in the family of God, because you've got other people around you. You've got brothers and sisters to encourage you. Does anybody need a little encouragement sometimes? Okay. And also to warn each other. Does anybody need warned sometimes? We all need both of those things. Now, we like the encouragement more than the warning, but at the same time, we need both of them because sometimes we may be headed down the wrong road. We may be headed for the wrong way, but praise God, if I'm in the house of God, someone's going to warn me. Someone's going to say, hey, you may want to look out for that one, whatever the case is. But that's a powerful thing by being in God's house, hearing his word preached. You are getting built up. You are getting the bread of life. And just like you can't be a healthy Christian without reading the Word of God regularly, you can't be a healthy Christian without being in God's house regularly. And I don't care what anybody says. I'll debate that until I die. There's a lot of people I know, well, I can be just as saved as you and never go to church. You know what? That's true. You can be just as saved, but there's no way in this world you can be just as strong as the Christian that reads their Bible and actually goes to church. You are lying to yourself and you need to quit. That's a lie. You cannot be as strong. That'd be like, you know, hey, I can be just as human as you and never work out. Well, duh, of course you can. Yeah, you're, you're a, yes, of course. But there's no way you can tell me you can be just as strong as the person that eats healthy and exercises and goes and lifts weights. You can't be as healthy and strong as them if you never do those things. You're lying to yourself and everybody sees it but you. And that's a bad spot to be in. And so I'm telling you right now, if you're going to be a healthy and successful Christian, you're going to eat spiritually seven days a week. You're going to open the Bible and read it and hear it. And you're going to show up in God's house regularly and be surrounded by your brothers and sisters 
and encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back again is drawing near. Can I get an amen? And the third thing that I'm going to say about how are we staying full of God's word and how are we staying full of the bread of life is you need to speak the word. And, and I'm, I know that the absolute majority of Christians do not get this revelation. But you have to speak God's word. And a lot of you, you're wondering where you're going wrong. This may be the area where you're going wrong. You need to speak God's word. You need to have the word of God coming out of your mouth. That's how you got saved in the first place. You believed in your heart and you said with your mouth. That's how you become saved according to Romans 10, 9 and 10. And according to Mark 11, 22, 23 and 24, you've got a mountain in your life. You believe in your heart and you speak out of your mouth to the mountain. And it has to be removed and thrown into the sea. But I want to show you what the Lord spoke to Joshua. Let's flip all the way back here in the Old Testament to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua 1 and verse 8. And this was my theme verse of 2015. I have a, a verse every year that, that I stand on for an entire year. And I really got this verse down into my heart in 2015. But Joshua 1, 8. And this is powerful. Because Joshua had a, quite a, a calling on him. Uh, Moses had died. And here the Lord comes and says, Okay, Joshua, you're up to the plate. You're responsible for leading the children of Israel into the promised land. Now that's a big task right there. Can you imagine following in the footsteps of, of Moses? That'd be like, Hey, uh, Michael Jordan retired. You're going to take his place now. You've got to go out there and do exactly what he did, but only better. What? No, thank you. But here we have Joshua. He's God said, no, you're 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 taking over from Moses. He died. You're going to take over, but you're going to be the one that actually leads the people into the promised land. And so, yeah, Joshua probably uh, was a little bit nervous because the Lord kept coming to him and saying, don't be afraid. You can do it. But let's look at Joshua one eight. And here's the key to Joshua's success. The Lord says to him, this book of the law, what's the book of the law? It's the word of God. He says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. So notice it says this book shall not depart out of thy mouth. Well, what does that mean? You're going to eat your Bible or what? No, that means that you're speaking the word of God. And then it says you shall meditate therein day and night. Does anybody know what meditating actually means? Does that mean you sit with your legs crossed and you do this with your fingers and make weird noise? No, that's not meditating. That's that's an Eastern weird thing there. But Bible meditating means speaking, speaking over and over and over, repeating something out of your mouth. That's meditating in the Hebrew fashion, in the Christian way. That's meditating is to repeat the same thing over and over and over again. That's meditating. And it says right here, if you'll meditate the word day and night, day and night. And so I can just see you guys out at your work, you know, wherever it is you work, you're just speaking the word. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You may not be on a megaphone preaching to everybody, but it's not for them. It's for you. 
you're building you up. And as, and as crazy as that may sound, if you would just get two or three verses, we're not even saying memorize the whole Bible. If you would just get a couple of verses down that you could meditate and repeat to yourself. And it says day and night. He said, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. And I'll tell you right now, Joshua had incredible success. He went in to the promised land there and he he cleared other people out. I mean, they dominated everything they did. They were hugely successful. But why was it? Joshua constantly just repeated the word of God to himself. He had some verses, whatever it was. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there, but I know this much. He did what God said to do. He meditated the word of God. And I'm telling you right now, whether you believe me or not, if you will become a person that meditates God's word, you watch what happened. You will grow so strong. You will dominate every area of your life because you have God's word that's just building you up nonstop. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And if you're speaking it out, then you're hearing it too. And I'm telling you right now, you would be an absolute faith giant. You would be, you would, you would dominate. You would be incredible if you would get this revelation down to meditate the word of God. Because what is that doing? That means you're partaking of the bread of life. And so Jesus is essential to your survival in this world because he's the bread. Number two, the number two point is this, is that Jesus is your provision. So what does all this bread stuff mean? Well, number two, Jesus is your provision. Give us this day our daily bread. He's talking about provision right there. And so let's look at Psalm 78. I know I've, I've got a lot of verses tonight, but so I hope you're writing them down. Psalm 78, and we're going to look at verses 24 through 25. But th- this is just uh, simply referring to the manna that came out of heaven. Psalm 78, verses 24 through 25 because you you better realize that Jesus is your provision. He's your provider. He is he's your bread. Psalm 78 verses 24 and 25 and and uh the writer says this, he rained down manna for them to eat. He gave them bread from heaven. What was what was the the Lord doing when he made this bread, this manna come out of heaven? He was providing for them. There were over 3 million people wandering the middle of the desert for 40 years. They would have tapped out every resource. There's no way on a daily basis that you could feed 3 million people on your own. There's not enough animals out there, especially in the desert, right? There's not enough good water sources. But here we are, and every day God provided bread. What, what, what was He doing? God was showing that this bread, this is your provision. I'm your provider. And look at this next verse here. So he says the the, the bread came down from heaven every day. In verse 25, they ate the food of angels. God gave them all they could hold. So God wasn't even, you know, chintzy with it. Take as much as you want. But the only rule is you got to dispose of it each night so you can get a fresh supply tomorrow. I don't want you, you know, eating leftovers. And so every day they had to dispose of the of the leftovers because God would bring new bread every day, new manna every day. What was he showing? He's he's showing them that I am your provider. 
Now, God gives us different ways of being provided for, right? He gives you different skills, different things, work with your hands or whatever the case is. But you better realize that it was God that gave you the hands to work with. If, man, maybe you sing for a living. Well, you better realize that God gave you that ability. Maybe you're a teacher. Whatever the case is, you better realize that you couldn't do that if Jesus hadn't given you that skill, that ability in the first place, whatever it is. So you need to realize that Jesus is your bread. He is the bread of life. He is your provider. And a lot of times we look to different different things as being our provider. Maybe our job. Well, that's one way that God provides. Maybe the government or maybe whatever the case is. But listen to me. Those are not my provider. My job is not my provider. Jesus is my provider. My job is just one channel that God uses to get the provision to me. But if you see your job as being the almighty provider for you in your life, that can be taken away. And if you saw that as being your all in all, if that was your bread, if that was your everything, that's a scary place to be in when somebody comes and takes that away from you. That's a bad spot to be in. But I'm telling you right now, nobody can take Jesus away from you. Can they? Can anybody take Jesus away from you? No, not a chance in the world. Nobody can take the bread of life away from you. Now, we can choose to let it go and walk away from it, as some people do. But nobody can just straight up come and take Jesus away from me. Jesus is my provider. My job or, or, or other people or whatever the case is, that's just one avenue. That's just one way that God gets the provision to me. But it all came from heaven, first of all. You know, sometimes you go to the... Have you ever been to the grocery store and, and you see the Wonder Bread truck pull up and, he, and the guy's taking the bread and stocking the shelves? That's a nice guy, isn't it? He's a great guy. But guess what? He didn't bake that bread. He is not the source of that bread. The bread came from somebody else that actually made it. They were the source of it. He's just the delivery guy to get it to you. And listen to me, whether you believe it or not, God is your source. He's your provider, your job. That's just the delivery guy to get it to you. That, that's just one way that God is providing for your needs. But if you see that as your source, if you see that as, well, this is everything we've got. This job is all that I have right now. That's not a good attitude to have. That's a bad place to be in. Because if somebody takes your all in all away, then you're up the creek without a paddle. You are in a bad and dangerous spot. But Jesus is my provider. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've seen you guys here at church where, you know, maybe something happens, you know, you do lose your job or they do lay you off or whatever. But if, if, if you're the, one of those that sees Jesus as being your source, you don't even cry about it. You don't even freak out. You don't even go and you don't even tell the whole Internet world what happened to you. What you do is, hey, well, you know what? God's my source. He'll give me another one. He got that one. And most of the time when that happens to somebody from here at church, by the end of the week, I see them with a brand new job that was even better anyway. Why? Because Jesus was a provider. If that job was the only so if that job was your bread and butter, then I mean, you're in a pickle because it's gone. It got taken away. You're not welcome there anymore. But here we are. And Jesus is our bread. Jesus is our provider. And so the third thing we're going to say is this, breaking it down about Jesus being the bread of life. And this is something that those people that we read about and John didn't understand is this, is that Jesus 
is the prize. Jesus himself is the prize. What does that mean? Jesus is the goal. Jesus is what it's all about. So in the opening verses we read there in in John chapter 6 earlier, these people are saying, hey, what can you do for us? Moses gave us bread. What can you do? You got you surely you can do better than that. Prove yourself to us. What can you do for me, Jesus? And Jesus is saying, Whoa, time out. What a nasty attitude. Stop. Time out. What can I what can I do for you? What kind of bread can I bring to you? Hello, I am the bread. I am the prize. I am what you've been looking for. You're just sitting here asking for more bread. I am the bread of life. What is your problem? And so many people, okay, you know, what can you do for me, Jesus? And and Jesus can do a whole lot for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you need to realize that if you only love Jesus for what he can do for you, that's a weak leg to stand on in your faith walk. You need to love Jesus for Jesus. Wouldn't it be bad if somebody got married just because the guy was rich? You know, obviously we see that happen on TV and stuff like that. But, but you know, somebody, you know, th- this marriage is only founded on, well, I married him because he's a billionaire. I don't really even like the guy, but he's he can do a whole lot for me. He's a billionaire. That's pretty much what it is when we come to Jesus. Of course I serve Jesus. He can give me money. He can heal me. He can do this and that. And those are all great things that Jesus can do. But until you get to the place that, you know what, Jesus, I just I love you for you. I love you because I love you, Jesus. You're you're everything to me. You're my all in all. I just Jesus, I just love I want to tell you today that I'm not here to even ask for anything today. It's not wrong to ask for things. You should. But at the same time, wouldn't it be nice if he heard from us every now and then just to say, Jesus, I love you. I just I want you to know that I love you and and and. I'm here for you. Well, if you need me to do something today, I'll do it. But Jesus, I love you. These people didn't realize that in, in John 6. They did. They, they're nope, nope, no, nope, nope. Moses made he had bread come down. What can you do? Surely you can do better. Than, what can you do for us? Come on, show us what you can do. Prove to us that you really are who you say you are. That is the wrong attitude to have, because when we get to that place and you've heard this phrase, we begin seeking the blessings and we quit seeking the blesser. We only want Jesus for his stuff. We only want Jesus for his money, for his resources, for, for the things that he can do. And that's not the right heart to have towards Jesus. He's the bread of life. You, you can quit seeking the bread. You can quit seeking all, all this stuff because Jesus is that. He'll get it to you. He'll take care of you. But he wants people that can love him for who he is. Notice it says in Matthew 6:33, you guys know this verse, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added to you. He'll give it to you. You don't have to sit there and beg for it. You don't have to sit there and and break your back and kill yourself to get basic needs met. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added to you, your food, your clothing, your providing for your kids. He'll give it to you. That's what that literally means in the Greek. He said, I will give you all the things you need if you'll just seek me first. Make the kingdom of God your primary concern in life. I'll get you everything that you need. And so these people, they weren't seeking Jesus. They were just seeking what Jesus could do for them. 
And again, that's not the right way to be. And there's a quote that I that I saw that I that that I think each of us should know. But it says, may I never forget that on my best day, I still need God as desperately as I did on my worst day. It's real easy when you're having a bad day to run to Jesus, but you better realize you're just as helpless on your best day without him. You are you you need him on your best day just as much as you did on the worst day of your life. You may have all the money you need right now. You may have the job. You may be getting along there. That's fine. But don't you forget it, that you still need Jesus just as much as you did when things were bad. Can I get an amen on that one? And so I want to look at Genesis 15 and verse 1. This is our last verse. Genesis 15 and verse 1. And here is a very, very early instance of the Lord saying, I am. Genesis 15, and we're going to look at verse 1. But you need to realize that Jesus is the prize. Jesus is the ultimate goal. Jesus is what it's all about. He is the bread of life. He doesn't give you bread. He is the bread. So Genesis 15.1, and this is the Lord speaking to Abram. He wasn't named Abraham just yet. And the Lord says something to him that I think you need to see. And it's Genesis 15.1. You should know this verse. I'm telling you that now. You need to know Genesis 15.1. And so it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Notice it says, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. There it is. A lot of people, well, Lord, I'm serving you, so give me a reward. And the Lord says, I am your exceedingly great reward. I am the reward. And yes, 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 the Lord will reward us with different things even in this life. He'll provide, He'll give us things, and that's all great. But you need to realize those things, that's not the reward. He wants you to know what He was telling to Abram right there. Mark it down. He said, I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. That's beautiful. Because Abraham was a very rich man. Abraham had a lot of blessings from God. But why was he so powerful? Why was he so used by God? Because he realized, yeah, all these things are nice, but I've got my reward already. I've got, I've got the Lord. I've got God on my side. He is the reward. He is what it's all about. He is the bread of life. And so I'm telling you tonight, you can quit searching for the next piece of bread. You can quit searching for the next big break. You can quit searching for the next big thing and realize that Jesus is the big thing. Jesus is the bread of life. And if we will come to Him and eat of Him, we'll never be hungry again. We'll never be thirsty again. I am the bread of life. Amen? Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.